Welcome to the CobraCast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Oh, welcome to the first episode of the Cobra Cast Around the Globe series. Um, I'm your host, Ricky the Prez Logan, or better known as Rifty, and my co-host is Et Dog. So let the people know, Et Dog, where we're headed. G'day, mates. Wherever my finger lands on the globe is where we're going today. Okay, now Wuhan, China is not where we oh. really want to go. No, no, no. Ah, uh, oh, here we go. West Lothian in Scotland is our destination for today's episode of Around the Globe. So where the bloody hell is West Lothian, mate? Mate, West Lothian is located smack bang in the middle of Scotland's central belt, about halfway between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Not Edinburgh Reserve, Edinburgh, Scotland. Jeez, all right. So how long is it going to take us to get there? Uh, well, it'd take roughly around 25 hours of there to fly direct because it's 17,000 kilometres from Melbourne. All right, so that's about oh, 16,950 more Ks than what Dicko's been putting in uh, at the beach. Um, but so Scotland, it's 32 councils. West Lothian is 20th biggest in size and it covers 427 square kilometres. So it's not that big. It uh, has the ninth biggest population out of all those 32 councils with only 182,140 people. Interesting. That is interesting, mate. Out of all them people, they've actually had a few celebrities uh, be born in their town. Uh, the most famous ones include Susan Boyle. Uh, well, this hottie, one's, hottie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real hottie. This, uh, this one's for Ange and the Bear Trap. David Tennant, the 10th incarnation of the Doctor in the show Doctor Who and the reigning world Starts champion Peter Snakebite Wright. So oh, the old Snakebite, mate. He's a big superstar. It's actually quite an old town as well, mate. And their most famous landmark is the Linthgow Palace, which was a residence of the Scottish monarchs in the 15th and 16th century. Everyone, a lot of people head off there to see the ruins of that palace. Yeah, nice. And apparently, the game of golf was invented in Scotland, and it's considered their national sport. So. Few of our boys enjoy hit at golf. I wonder if uh, they're allowed to play their golf at the moment. I know a few of our boys aren't happy they can't. Well, if they're not out playing golf, they're at home eating their national dish, which for some reason is bloody haggis. Which Yeah, that's a strange one, mate. But um, West Lothian as well. This is a nice little uh, fact. West Lothian is seven hours from Kirkwall, which is the birthplace of groundskeeper Willie. These are all right. Groundskeeper Willie is a bigger celebrity than bloody David Tennant, for sure. And uh, he's not from North Kiltonton like he tries to tell Homer Simpson that he is as well. Mm, interesting, that one. Uh, so, West Lothian Football Club is in that. They play in the AFL Scotland. And the league is the Scottish Australian Rules Football League, or 
Sarful. Yeah, Mark the Sarful, that's a bit of a mouthful. Um, would you like to know the rumour of how footy started in Scotland? Yeah, hit us with it. All right, mate. Well, rumour has it around 100 years ago, there was a group of expats who created a league while working on the Clyde shipyards. There's not a lot of evidence of that, uh, whether it happened or not, though. Uh, the first attempts at a modern league were sometime in the 1990s when the bombers were flying. And footy has grown since, with us being the newest addition, with us, well, actually, so footy has grown since, with West Lothian being the newest addition to the league, with teams in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Fife, and even Newcastle in the north of England. Formerly, there were Scottish teams in Aberdeen and Falkirk also, but those have since unfortunately folded. Yeah, so tune into the episode. We'll watch the rest of this episode as we speak to Jamie Townend about all things West Lothian, all things Scottish and European football. It's, uh, this one was recorded not that long ago, so we do discuss the current day situations. But how's your week been since we spoke to you, mate? Oh, it's not too bad. It's, uh, I don't know, since we spoke to these guys over in Scotland, we've, we've got the Scottish weather over here at the moment with it pissing down rain. So yeah, we're more than happy to uh, let us know that they had the sunshine over there as well. Yep, so it was a great chat. We got a lot of uh, great information about Scottish and European football, so I hope everyone enjoys. And uh, just want to point out, there's, quite a, there's a nice story about footy trips in here, which I think a few of our boys would quite enjoy to hear. Yeah, there was there was a, a few stories that made camera. There's a few more that that unfortunately can't be shared on camera. But I'll tell you what, those Scottish boys, if it if the stereotypes are anything to go by, they know how to have a good time and know how to have a drink. So a lot of them would fit right in down at Sandown with their uh, attitude towards social life. Ah, oh, definitely, definitely, and uh, so enjoy this episode, and I hope you enjoy the whole series as we. Go around the globe with the CobraCast. Enjoy. All right. Today we are joined by the president of the West Lothian Eagles Australian Rules Rules Football Club, Jamie Townend. How are you going, mate? All right, guys. Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Jamie's joining us all the way from Scotland. Um, Yeah. So you got any idea what the time difference is at the moment over there? Uh, so it's, it's about 10 hours, is it? I think I'm 10 hours behind you guys. So you've finished your uh, work for Friday and I'm just about to start. Yeah, oh. so you're what, 8.15 at the time of recording in the morning over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so it's yeah. pretty 9 a.m. start for me. Uh, I was saying the Rifty before we got going that uh, normally in a, our um, pre-ramble with our guests, we tell them, you know, try and hold off having a sip of your beer when you're asking question, answering questions. I'm going to probably safe to say... Not an issue with you? No, 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 coffee. All coffee today. <laughs> yeah, nice. And um, we can see the, the nice Scotland sun shining through the window today. It's Unfortunately, we haven't had much of that uh, uh, the last couple of days in Australia. So, uh, yeah, we're getting, uh, we're getting too much of it for the lockdown. I think it's uh, just typical that we get bad weather all year and then as soon as we have to stay inside, it's nice. So, yeah, yeah. just. Uh, <laughs> the way things go isn't it oh well let's uh let's get into the questions and get get to know a bit about the uh west lothian eagles so how did you guys get started um so it was back back in about sort of 2016 um it was a group of guys that were just sort of meeting up and, and kicking a ball around so there's a few other teams in scotland and they kind of 
you know, some of these guys had played for those sort of those other teams, and there was a team that folded fairly close to us, about sort of 10, 15 miles away. Um, so a lot of those guys were kind of looking for, for something to do. Um, and there's a lot of sort of rugby teams and stuff like that around, which is sort of, you know, the most sort of comparable sport that, that we have. Um, so then th that was kind of going on. And then uh, we managed to secure uh, support from the West Coast Eagles, um, which was sort of the catalyst for the, for the team to get going and uh, to, to get started. So our, um, our founder, Mikey, he... Uh, he managed to get that from them. So they sent us um, strips, balls, um, like pretty much everything else that we needed to, to really get going. Yeah, nice. That was uh, nice of the, the West Coast Eagles to do that. And uh, so what what year did you guys uh, manage to play your first game? And who was it against? Yeah. Um, so I think the first game that we played was well, it was definitely against the Kingdom Kangaroos, who are kind of they're about ten years old, um, which in Scottish terms is is old for for an Aussie Rules club, because um, a lot of them sort of you know they'll they'll form and they'll be around for a bit and then they'll fold as the Aussies who created them sort of go back home and stuff like that. So um, these these guys played against us. They gave us our start, and we've sort of we've continued pretty good relations with the the Roos since then. Um, so I don't think we, I think we got hammered, but uh, in our first game, that, that's fine. It was more about just getting out there. Um, so that that was in the summer of, of 2017. Oh, nice. So you played, as you were saying before, you were founded by quite a few like Australian players started that had come from clubs that had folded around you. Obviously in your area, and we know fully well how hard it is to get players. How many players did you have when you first started and how many do you have now in this current day? Yeah, so we, we hit, now we, we have about 50 probably at the club. So we're quite, quite a lot sort of, you know, coming and going. So we're, but at a sort of typical training session, we're, we're looking at about kind of 30, 35. It's better um, than us. We, we don't... <laughs> <laughs> Bet me to it, Rifty. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, yeah, so we, we get pretty good numbers. Um, so the, part of the reason for that is that we, we train, we, our games are sort of out of the rugby season. So a lot of the rugby guys, then play Aussie rules in the summer. Um, in terms of actual Aussies, you know, we don't have many. I think we've got three or four really, not, not many at all. Sort of where we are, it's right right in the middle of, uh, of Scotland. So we, we're not in sort of a major city, which is where sort of most of the Aussies tend to gravitate to. And when they got started, I think it was about 10 guys kicking a ball around the field. Now it's you know, 50 guys and girls all formally training. So you got you said 50 players that you have registered to your club and you've only got three or four Australians. That must be pretty, you know, decent amount of Scottish people playing in your club compared to the rest of the league, I would imagine. No, you would think, but not, not at all. Um, so we get the, the Aussies that we do have. So um, we've, it's, it's a mix of guys and girls. So when I'm saying four or five, you know, it's not like five guys. And there's a rule in the league for a maximum number of Aussies you can have in a team. Um, so the, re the reason behind that is because you guys obviously have grown up with the game. You know the game much better than most of the Scottish guys. So they have this rule, which is in it's intended to grow the game here in Scotland because it's more, it's more sustainable to have more Scottish players. Um, so, yeah, so it probably sounds like we have more than we do, but re really we, we, we don't have many Aussies at all. We've, we've actually probably – we're probably the team with the least Aussies in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, so we know quite a few blokes that like to move around clubs and – 
say they're better than what they are. You have any Aussies that come across to Scotland and talk about how bloody good they are, then you see them play and you're sitting there scratching your head? <laughs> All of them, mate. <laughs> that is the, it is. <laughs> uh, they're not good guys. Um, our, our guys clearly are, are great. Um, you know, they're they're really sorry. I don't know if I call them down to earth, but they're Aussie version of down to earth. So uh, they're, they're good guys. Um, I don't know what other teams are like, but certainly in our team, uh, yeah, we, we've got some good ones. Um, so, do you guys find it hard to get? players and coaches or has it been coaches, pretty easy nah it's just been a big challenge um it's probably after equipment i think it's probably our second biggest challenge so it's um the guy the aussies that we do have um we were pretty lucky with with them so i said before i think one of them played against played against you guys or a local team in in the sort of is it the melbourne south in the southern melbourne league he broke his leg versus springfield districts i think that's a team that's pretty close to you guys geographically yes. Springvale district, so he, yeah. So he, he played against them last year or two years ago. It would have been so he, he's over just now. So I think that that's a you know c- comparatively to our league that that's a high level. So it's you know he he knows his stuff. Um, we've got a guy Matt Heaney as well who played in the SNFL. Um, so he, he he's an ex pro from from that league. So he the, those guys are kind of our our men's coaches now. Which so they've they've obviously got a good background. Um, and then we've got. Uh, girl Sophie Leonard who she played up in Manly in Sydney um, so she, she played one year in, in Sydney and she's you know she, she knows so much more about the game than any of our kind of guys so it's uh, that's the sort of level of experience we're looking at um, so in terms of recruitment for, for Aussies particularly it's it's who comes through the area at the time so what happens is people tend to come on these kind of two-year working visas um, they'll hang around for two years and then they'll go home um, so it's you know it's a conveyor belt of recruitment. So you get people coming in and out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And um, so, like you said, rugby's a, a big sport over there, and a lot of the guys are playing uh, rugby in the the rugby season, footy in the off season. Do, is that where you get most of your players, or are guys coming from soccer and other sports as well to give footy a try? Um. Again, it's a complete mix. Um. So. I think initially what, what we did with our sort of recruitment as a club was we, we targeted rugby clubs and we tried to get, we, we tried to get those guys along, but a lot of these guys are kind of like, no, I'm playing rugby and I, that's what I want to play. Like, I don't want to do anything else. And so that, that's fine. So we, what we sort of initially, especially initially what we got was sort of a lot of people who were more sort of into the social side of things. Um, so going to, going to the pub after, which obviously everybody likes. So, you know, that, that was good. Um, and it was fun. And now we've, we're sort of gradually bringing in more people who've played a bit more sport, who've played different things. So it's, it's not like we target any specific group. We just literally take as many people as we can and try and build the club that way. Yeah, nice. So before you mentioned you have a, had a, woman, have a women's team, um, yep. that's even quite new for teams to have a, you know, a single women's team in Australia. How did you get that up and going in such a short period of time of your history? Um, yeah, so like when we, so initially when the men's team applied to join the league, uh, we we got rejected um, on on the basis that they didn't think we had enough players. Um, so we played what was called a, a development season, which was basically this. Uh, we we played like a full set of league fixtures, but we didn't play for points, um, and we weren't involved in the table. So it was sort of a, a season to test if we were, were sort of viable as a club. 
Um, so we took that time, uh, sort of as a as a committee, we, we took that time to sort of really strengthen the foundations of the club. And we decided as well, we'd had a few women messaging the page during our kind of recruitment effort. Um, so we said, we just started saying, just, just come along. And it sort of went from there. Um, so yeah, we, we got, we, we tend to find as well that the, for some reason, the, the women stuff was really, really popular on social media. Um, so I don't know why, but there seems to be a huge, like a huge boom in, in Australia for it just now. Like, I think it seems like a hot topic, but definitely been, you know, a really good thing having the girls around and they, you know, they effectively run their own team now. So yeah, well, it's, um, the women's league over here is only what? Three years old. Yeah, I think our league is probably three. Yeah. Yeah, AFLW league, and there was yeah. a big, a big sort of yeah. promotional push for it, and um, you know, a lot of uh, resources and stuff put towards it. So it was actually of... one thing that we were trying to get sort of uh, the ground floor put in place twenty twenty to get a team started in twenty twenty one. But obviously, with everything at the moment, might not happen. But we do hope to get a women's team built, you know, in the future. So yeah. No, it's definitely been a good thing for us. It's been a huge plus. Um, and it just gets more people involved as well, I think, for, for something that a lot of people in Scotland have never heard of in Aussie football. Um, you know, it's great if they can sort of bring their families along. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of guys have brought their girlfriends or, you know, wives along to it. Like I have as well, my wife plays. So, you know, we've, we've had a lot, of, a lot of stuff like that where it's, it's turned the club into more of a kind of family deal, which is, I think that's been a positive. Yeah, it's something that um, we've built pretty... Uh built on at our club is being very you know, family orientated and you know, a family, not just a couple of people here and there, but a family. Yeah. All right, Rifty Martin. Now let's get on to the, uh, the, the real topic I want to know about. Yeah. So you, you said a lot of, a lot of the guys join the club for the, uh, the social side. What, are, what type of function do you guys have? And, and, you know, talk us through a, a, a good function night at, at West Lothian. <laughs> <laughs> so we um our sort of our home ground um is the Lithical Rugby Club. So they have a they've got a clubhouse with a bar. So it tends to be we start in there. Um we can get in there for you know for free and it's uh yes, yeah, it's, it's cheap enough, so it's, it's pretty good um in there. Um then we sort of just head into the town so it works out pretty well that the rugby club's at the, the far end of the town from the train station, so you can pub crawl along to the train station. <laughs> um so that happens a lot. Um, we we try and we do try and organise a lot of sort of social events though, that that aren't just going to the pub. Um, try and make it a bit different. So um, I think there's a team in our league, the uh, Tyne Tees Tigers. So I think the plan for this year is to do a kind of uh, Tiger King theme night. So I think the guys will be dressing up like Joe Exotic. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's they're man after our own hearts. That's been right, big uh, on our radar. Just, just want to <laughs> cut him off. There. I'm going to ask him the question that we ask all our players at the end. Did Carol Baskin kill her husband? Obviously. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, there Adam we go. The tiger. <laughs> it's universal now. It's, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone we've had on so far has uh, answered that. So I, um, I can't imagine you'll get much discrepancies in the answer. She obviously <laughs> did it. <laughs> so what are the, what are the uh, beverages of choice over in Scotland at the moment? Like A lot of our boys are into the the Carlton Dries, I'm not sure, you know, it's probably not a drop that uh, you have over there, but what are, what are the Scots drinking on a big uh, night? It's all, about the, it's all about the tenant's lager. It's the, so bad you can't get it anywhere else, I think is, is how they... <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's pretty much the, the kind of the lager that they have everywhere. So that's what we all go for, tenants. 
Yep. You've just given me an idea, Rift. I reckon uh, I should make my way down to the local you know, Bottle Mart down at Uzon Plaza and grab a couple of beverages of the uh, local town for the ones we do from now on. Yeah, we'll have to <laughs> test Good out the, uh, the Tenet's Lago, eh? <laughs> Oh, you have to test out the um, the iron brew for the morning after. That's the <laughs> oh, that's that's the orange uh, energy drink stuff, isn't it? The orange. It's not. Orange it's not an energy water. drink. I think that it's so like vague in the flavor. They they call it fruit flavor. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm actually pretty sure I've had that before, and I was had it. I was like, "What is this? I don't quite understand what I'm meant to yeah. be tasting." All right. So that's a hangover cure, is it? The iron brew. Yeah, yeah. That's it's so. I think someone said it's like thirty nine teaspoons of sugar or something in a can. So it's. Uh, All right. No, I'm doing uh, when we get out of lockdown after a big night rift. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Brew. So, yeah, you've told me where you were going for your footy trip this year, and I can guarantee that every single boy, like at the club, our club, would be just extremely jealous of where you were going. So tell us where you were going. And where you have been in the past for your footy trips? Yeah, so um, I, I guess you guys are all into the uh, the art the art culture. So we're, we're going oh, to Amsterdam. Uh, yeah, we, we love that art culture. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're heading over to Amsterdam. Well, the plan is to head to Amsterdam this year. Um, <clears throat> so we have uh, said the West Coast Eagles had supported us. So they've done that for a bunch of teams now across the world, and they, they continue to send us uh, kit and equipment and things like that. So. There's a, there's a team over in Holland called the Waterland Eagles. Um, so they had this idea that we would do an Eagles Cup, um, which would be like all the European Eagles teams um, coming together to play. Sorry, my dog's uh, invading. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're up, mate. Um, yeah, so they had this idea that all the, the Eagles teams would come and play um, sort of in, a, sort of in an annual cup at the end of the season to play, you know, to just to sort of show support for the West Coast. and say thanks for everything they've done for us. So there's uh, there's Waterland Eagles, there's Lille Eagles, Milan Eagles, um, and I think there's a few others as well in, in Germany and places like that. Um, last year on free trip, we went to Prague. Um, so that was pretty good as well. It's similar to, don't know much about it, it's sim- similar to Amsterdam, <laughs> um, lots of art culture, uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, nah, beers are about 30p, so that, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> we, um, I think we as I had to think 24 blokes head off in October for the Cobra cruise for our yeah. footy trip and um, the joke going around is that we made it back just in time before you know, coronavirus hit all the cruise ships <laughs> otherwise it could have been a very nice. very interesting footy trip with blokes really that are, trip, after, yeah. yeah and there's blokes on that footy trip that after about two days they just can't stand to even look at blokes all alone be with them so <laughs> that would have been some good I watched one of your other videos with um, I, I can't remember his name, but the, the captain, I think, and he was saying something about so someone losing their shoes or something like that. Was that one of the? Yeah, that was, yeah. That was <laughs> my shoe, unfortunately. Um, that was it. <laughs> I will claim responsibility, and that's as far as we're going with it. Yeah, took a bit of a hit, but uh, let's just say um, he got confused where the toilet was. So. <laughs> um, but I tell you what. A few of our boys were lucky to make it back alive off the cruise. And I'll tell you now, if we went to Amsterdam, there'd be a few that would never, never see Australia again. They'd be, uh, they'd be locked up in Amsterdam for life, I reckon, if they got over there. So oh, You're going a good 80%, I reckon. Yeah. So I just want to point out, actually, so my co-host, Rifty, isn't doesn't drink. So he was the sober one yeah. on our footy trip. 
could you imagine yourself in Amsterdam Cyber Rifty? Um, with some of the blokes that would go, uh, no, I'd, I think I'd sit that one out. <laughs> uh, I would not want to be responsible for what would happen over there. That's for sure. Actually, sorry to point this out, but one of the questions we ask our blokes is who would make the best reality TV star? I reckon footy trip in Amsterdam Rifty, that could make some bloody good reality TV. Yeah, you've, the Scots invading Amsterdam, that's a, that's a reality TV right there. I'd watch that. Yeah, we maybe uh, get one of those Netflix documentaries, The Eagle King. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh, well, uh, as we were researching your club a bit, we noticed that you guys have a tournament, the uh, Ashley Palmer Trophy. Uh, can you explain yeah. that a bit to us and how it came about? Yeah, yeah. So we um, we decided, I think, sometime last year we wanted to. So well, actually, it was the year before, probably. We decided we wanted to run our own our own tournament. So we know this guy, um, Ash Palmer. So he he was in a car crash, unfortunately, and he's been paralysed. Uh, so he, he can't play anymore. But he used to be quite a sort of prominent figure in sort of Scottish AFL. <clears throat> so he. Um, he now to keep him involved in the game we decided to run this ash palmer trophy so he used to play for the falkirk team that folded um so for the first year we, we got his old team back together um all the guys that played for it we got all the strips and stuff and we played a game um as eagles versus falkirk silverbacks they're called um so that was that was pretty good for him like it kept and now it's this year it was more of a we invited other teams um we invited a team from a local team the glasgow sharks they're kind of they're one of the sort of bigger teams um, in Scotland, um, along with Edinburgh. So we, we invited those guys along, and uh, we had to, we had a tournament with them, and uh, we we ended up winning the day. So uh, and the ladies had it. We did a ladies game as well. So they they played, um, but what they did was they got kind of all the girls from all the teams across Scotland and sort of played a mixed match. So it was almost like a kind of Scottish All Stars kind of game where they had the you know the players from every team, and uh, I've got it here. So there's the there's the cup. Oh, oh silverware. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First first silverware. It might be our own tournament, but never mind. <laughs> so, take uh, it. Um unfortunate to hear about <clears throat> what happened to Ash uh, Palmer, but it's a lovely gesture by you guys to to put something like that together. And that's that's something we love about community sport is uh, that kind yeah. of spirit that it brings <clears throat> out in people and, and bringing communities together for others and stuff. Um Obviously, being the president of the club, uh, you would have had a lot to do with it, organising all that. So, what is? How did you sort of come to be the president, and and what's your role entail there? Yeah, so um, it was sometime last year we we um, we got absolutely cuffed off one of the teams in, in Scotland. We got we, they put about two hundred points on us. Um, so we sort of decided, yeah, we probably need to start uh, taking it a bit more seriously. Um, so we, we completely restructured the uh, the way the coaching was working. We completely restructured the committee, um, and then towards the end of that year, when we had our sort of official uh, AGM, I, I ran for president um, and, and got it. So before that, I'd, I'd been the treasurer um, for the club, and I don't think the finances were ever as bad as when I was the treasurer. Um, so the, the president role definitely suits me better. <laughs> um, so yeah, we um, we're. We're working towards that now. So I think now as president, what it kind of seems to entail more than anything else is just sorting out people's moaning. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you might think the same about your your presidency, but uh, no, nah, it's, it's good. Like most of the people at the club are, are really like pretty sound and most of them are just kind of keen to, you know, keep going with, um, keep going with the sport, keep growing the sport. And 
yeah, I think we're just trying, especially with the kind of lockdown, it's probably a bit different to what it normally is. Um, but, you know, it's just trying to keep everybody motivated, trying to uh, keep everybody engaged. I think in the club is, is the main thing at the moment. Yeah, definitely. You would understand that, Rifty, about trying to make sure people stop complaining? Oh, they'll never stop. But, um, <laughs> you can't stop them, no. <laughs> no. Um, so you've mentioned Edinburgh a couple of times. How far away are you guys from Edinburgh? 10 miles. Like, it's not far at all. Uh, you know, it's about 20 to get to the sort of the, the nearest. So there's a team in Edinburgh, the Bloods. Um, to get to their sort of home ground, it's probably like a 20-minute drive. It's not far at all. So um, so where we, myself, the suburb myself and Rifty live in, is actually about 20 minutes away from our home ground, which is called Edinburgh Reserve. So I thought that was a bit of a... Yeah, I noticed that on, on maps. I was looking, you guys looked it up. I noticed that. Um, I think you, yeah, that was pretty uh, good linking. Yeah, so talking about you know, a bit of linking with Scotland and footy in Australia, from my understanding, there are actually quite a few Scottish people that were crucial in the early development of Aussie rules in Australia. And it also includes the greatest club in the world that is currently still going. Well, they're us. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, yeah so i think um we we kind of when i sort of first started getting into the game so somebody was saying to me oh the, the rules were written by a scottish guy and i was like nah that's daft and i looked it up and apparently it is actually it's like an english guy a scottish guy and, and two australians that wrote the rules um or the original rules back in like 1870 or something and uh there was a guy who was born in Ayrshire, which is sort of in the west of Scotland, um, John McAdam. So I think he was the first ever umpire um, for an Aussie rules game. So he, he obviously helped to write the rules as well. <clears throat> but the, yeah, I think that the reference to the greatest ever club, <laughs> there was a family, <laughs> there was a family uh, in Melbourne who owned a brewery, uh, the McCrackens, who were from Scotland. And they, the guy who was kind of the head of that family, he was white, he's credited as being the founder of Essendon. So he, uh, yeah, he's the founder of Essendon was a Scottish guy in his family. Well, when you, uh, when you say uh, a Brit, a Scot and two, two Aussies, it sort of sounds like the start of a bad joke, doesn't it? The walked, walked <laughs> yeah, into yeah. a bar and started writing down the rules to Aussie rules. So. <laughs> yeah. The English guy was a, a cricketer. Maybe he was just bored of getting beat. <laughs> Come up with a different yeah. game. <laughs> obviously, it's safe to say that the um, first ever umpire was obviously blind as well. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. They still are. That's why they're all blind now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it must be written in the rules somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was actually thinking as you were saying that the Scots wrote the rules or wrote the original rules. I'm like, yeah, you can definitely tell the Australians are now taking it over with how soft they made it come. This <laughs> is just a violent game. Yeah, that's probably what we were going for. <laughs> So, um, how many clubs currently play in the Scottish Australian Rules Football League? And you've mentioned them, but who are they? And also, you said there were three teams or three clubs that have a women's team as well. Yeah, so there's there's six six men's teams in the Scottish League. Um, two in Glasgow, one in Edinburgh, one in Fife, the, the route that I mentioned earlier, and us. Um, there's also the, the sixth team is actually in Newcastle in England. Uh, so that's not too far away in a car. It's maybe like a couple hours drive. So they put, it actually works out better for them to play in the Scottish league. Cause there's not, obviously the teams are kind of few and far between. So 
they uh, it's easier for, it's just as easy for them to drive up and play in the Scottish League as it is for them to go to the sort of nearest team in England. Um, <clears throat> four of those teams have uh, ladies teams. It's um, us, the two Glasgow teams both have ladies teams and the Edinburgh team now. Um, so this year will be the kind of la- last year the ladies played um, a bunch of sort of fixtures that were kind of fr- they were called carnival fixtures. So it was like a round robin kind of tournament thing where you know everyone could just turn up and play and uh, they played as many games as they could in one day. Um, and it tended to sort of clash with the men's fixtures as well. So they ended up with uh, you know pretty pretty decent crowds I think at some of these games which you know the men don't even get sometimes. So. You know that that was pretty um, that was cool to see. So this year they're um, they're starting up the what they're calling the the Sarple W, which is Scottish Australian Rules Football League women's, um, which is so it's going to be like a, a formal league this year with uh, you know finals and champions at the end of it. So actually, you've just mentioned a bit they their first ever actual proper official season for the women. How many rounds are in a season for not only the men's and the women's, and how did your final system work? Um, so for the men, we it, it, sorry, it, because it's been kind of um, fluid with a number of teams in the league, so we've obviously just joined the league. The Newcastle team are fairly new to the league as well. They've kind of they've been changing it up sort of year on year. So the way that it works, you play you definitely you play every team once, and then I think you play another three teams again so you play you end up playing i think it's either seven or eight games for the men that we play um and there's some kind of seeding system that makes the fixtures uh fader um in terms of finals the top four teams um go into the finals for the guys so first they'll play second for a spot in the grand final and then second will play the winner of third and fourth for the second spot in the grand final so the loser of first second will play the winner of third fourth for the spot in the final this kind of second chance thing that you have in you know the proper AFL um for the women because there's only four teams it's just the top two going to the grand final yeah so your um actual final system is exactly the same as a lot of final systems in Australia that run with the top four some run with the top five but yeah exactly the same as quite a lot in Australia that top four system yeah it works out well with the six teams I think um there was talk of having a sort of fifth, sixth playoff as well, just to get more game time uh, for, for some of the teams. Because it's a struggle, obviously, to get, you know, games. <laughs> There's not that many teams here. So, yeah, that, uh, that was the idea. That I didn't really take off. Yeah. How long do you games go for? Uh, we play just the same as what you guys play. So we played 80 minutes, four 20-minute quarters. Yep, so no time on, just straight 20-minute quarters. Yeah, yeah, no, no time on, just the... Once the 20 minutes is done, that's your, yeah. you know, that's your long. They'll stop the clock, obviously, if the ball goes in a river or something, which which has happened. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's about it. Yeah. All right. Can you explain that? Because that's actually very intriguing to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we started by talking about the Scottish weather. So our, our, last, um, our last game last year, we played in an absolute monsoon. Um, like literally, by the end of the game, there was about two inches of water on the pitch. <clears throat> so our, our sort of home ground has a little sort of stream next to it and uh, somebody just it's got a fence up so normally it can't go through but somehow there was a hole in the fence and obviously somebody found it with a kick and <laughs> the ball went in the river so one of the guy, one of the new guys in the club um, had to fish it out of the river this guy Dan he hadn't even, he hadn't, he hadn't played a game yet and he was only <laughs> tent into this river you know so, so you're your stripes, uh, though. that's initiating initiation know, yeah. to the club 
you can't well like so it's obviously it's we can't just buy you know we can't just go down to the, the shop and buy a share and you know we needed it we couldn't we couldn't go without <laughs> it so you know if we want a share and we have to order one from australia and it can take like a month so yeah so uh when what months of the year do your footy seasons running so the uh we, we've, our season usually starts and we start training in about january um start doing some pre-season kind of work um then we we sort of our first games usually are in uh, sort of pre-season friendlies and pre-season tournaments in march um and then we play uh you know our first kind of league games usually in april um so the league runs april to july usually and then the finals are in august yep so pretty much uh same as what we're doing yeah. Um, Similar stuff. It's got to fit outside of the rugby season because um, we, otherwise we can't get a pitch. Is the problem? So we play on on rugby pitches uh, in Europe usually. So you know we're kind of share, most most teams kind of share a pitch with a rugby club. Yeah. Um, so obviously you said that you, know, you play on a rugby pitch. Is it different when you watch it from Australia and it's on an oval ground compared to when you play it on a rectangle ground? I I haven't played um <clears throat> I haven't played on an oval personally so I I can't really see much of a difference but I think the guys that come over from Australia so they um you get boys coming over from Australia who can absolutely bomb it about you know 60 70 meters and they can score from you know virtually anywhere on a rugby pitch which I, I think that's probably the, the main difference um but yeah I think the uh, personally like it's it's all I've all I've known and so I've only played the game for two years or so and I haven't been to Australia either so uh you know I'm trying to trying to get that worked into my uh, into my sort of my list but obviously with the covid stuff that's, uh, that's difficult at the moment yeah it definitely makes it hard but yeah if you ever uh, venture your way across to australia and you find yourself in melbourne there's always a cobra jumper with your name on it mate for a game if you want one great yeah. stuff honorary cobra we'll um try not to get you know let you take too many shots from deep in the pockets <laughs> where you wouldn't be used to that's it my signature <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you said before that you play in a couple of pre-season competitions and you actually play in one in Belfast and Ireland, which I'm not going to lie, the name did give me a bit of a chuckle called the Leprechaun Cup. It's for both your men's and women's teams. Can you explain how many teams play in it, where they come from and how the tournament works and if you've had any success in it? Yeah, yeah. So, um... The the Leprechaun Cup is uh, run by a team the a team in Belfast the the Belfast Redbacks so there's obviously a, a good link so between the kind of Northern Irish Irish Gaelic football and and AFL so it's quite it's you know it's, it's relatively popular over over that way um, Leprechaun Cup the, the name I think is uh, self-explanatory but it's a good bit of promo for them as well I think to to have that you know kind of humorous name um, so we travelled over this year um the men we traveled I think about seven of us traveled over and we, we linked up with a team called the Galway Magpies um and and sort of we got a run out with them um and the girls traveled over um, I think about eight of them traveled over with uh the a few of the girls from the other club as well and they, they linked up and they, they actually ended up winning the tournament um on the girls side so we didn't obviously the guys didn't win but the yeah the girls did so it's you get they, they tend to get a lot of teams from from around europe i think most years it's one of the kind of bigger pre-season tournaments um so this year they had amsterdam they had wandsworth from london uh, i think they had four or five um irish teams and i think they had a french team as well so um you know a good sort of international mix 
Yeah, that's a really good mix, actually. So you said that you know, a lot of your players join your club for the social side of it. I'm going to imagine that the drinks and the kick-ons after that Leprechaun Cup would be just pretty next level and pretty good fun. <laughs> um, yeah, like so, the, the Redbacks organised a really good party. Um, so they, you know, I think for for them, they obviously use it as a fundraising opportunity. So it's their their tournament they host it, and they so they did a big raffle with um, a lot of kind of like AFL jumpers, like different Redbacks gear and stuff like that. You could win. Um, I think the the particular highlight was uh, one guy won a bottle of Buckfast in the in the raffle. So I don't know if you know what Buckfast is, but in Scotland, it's a uh, it's like the sort of the drink that all the wee bams would drink. So like it's a, it's like a fourteen percent fortified wine, um, tonic wine. Okay. So it's you know, yeah. So he, he got he got a full bottle of it in the, in the raffle, and then everyone just started chanting, you know, chug. And he did he the whole thing. So oh, shit. Whole yeah, that I didn't see him again. Weirdly, <laughs> I what, what a coincidence! <laughs> like ever again? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, I think he's. I think he was a London guy. I think he was one of the Londoners. So, yeah, didn't see him again after that. Weirdly. So you've mentioned a bit about all the sort of different uh, tournaments and stuff across Europe and into London and stuff. So where do you know most of the better players and better teams come from? Is is Ireland sort of the? You know, Ireland's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So Ireland, I think, because they've got a lot of locals who have a lot of the skills anyway from the Gaelic football. Um, I think they, you know, they tend to have quite sustainable teams, and they had because they, all the locals will play, and they actually know what the game is, which is a, a big bonus. Um, sort of London, London's a strong one as well because there's so many expat Aussies in London, um, and I think Amsterdam similarly are, are a pretty. They, they're, they've got a lot of Aussies that live there too. Um, so those those are kind of the three the three that well from my experience anyway that's that's what I would say are the kind of strongest teams although apparently um, I can't confirm or deny but apparently Denmark is a really really strong place apparently there's a, a guy who used to play uh, in the AFL who moved to Denmark had a son and basically formed a club around that and apparently that's they're they're a really strong team now <clears throat> so <clears throat> they they yeah they, they, I mean I've, I've played against them at the the Euro Cup and. Yeah, they did seem to be pretty. They are pretty good, sort of unseasonably good. I think they've got a guy who had a trial at GWS as well, so I think he he played a bit and ended up going on trial at GWS, which is obviously that's huge for a European. That's a yeah. fair effort. Um, yeah. So you mentioned the Euros. What's what's the Euros? What exactly is that? Yeah. So I mean, obviously not really in Australia, but um, so we. There's a lot of, as I mentioned, there's a few leagues around um, around Europe. So they have um, a kind of what an international European Cup, um, which is a an island side tournament that they play, and they they rotate the hosts. So it's, it's usually an annual thing. Um, this year it was meant to be in Scotland, but it's been it was meant, it was going to be next month. So they're, they're not obviously running it this year, or they postponed it to October, I think it was. But it'll depend obviously on, on what happens with COVID. Um, but it's yeah, it's, it's a nine-a-side tournament where um, every sort of uh, probably about eighteen, I think, is the most they've had countries um, will play off for you know the title of European champion. Um, so yeah, there's a few kind of strong teams. I, the Scottish team play in it pretty much. I think they've entered it every year. The, the men's team um, last year it was in Sweden. The year before that it was in Ireland. Um, I think it was in France before that. So yeah, it's it's a big deal for us. Very nice. So, 
is that sort of the only chance to represent uh, as a as a nation sort of thing in, in a, a nines competition? Is that um, no? So, well, it, yeah, for nines, pretty pretty much, it's the only thing that, that goes on now. Um, so they used to have something called the the Tri Nations, which was England, Scotland, and Wales uh, playing off against each other. So I think that that used to be like an annual thing, but it seems to have kind of died off in the last few years. Um, I think they were sort of struggling for interest more than anything. Um, and then they play, so a lot of countries as well play 18s, because um, obviously if you can pick from it, all the teams in the league, then it's easier to get the, the, the numbers you need for 18s. So there's a GB team, um, which is obviously England, Wales, um, and, and us, Scotland. Um, and they, they, you know, they're, they're decent. They, you know, they're, they're probably one of the better teams, I think. They won the, the, Euros, the European 18s championship last year, which... That, so they've they've obviously got a few good teams. If I mentioned Denmark, I mentioned uh, Germany were in it, um, France, and uh, yeah, I think that's and Ireland as well, obviously. So I think Ireland and Ireland and GB were kind of the two main eighteen or the two best eighteens sides. Yeah. So you mentioned that you you know you and your wife both play, but uh, before starting up this uh, West Lothian, how long have you? been kicking our odd shaped ball around for <laughs> uh i didn't i'd never heard of the sport before I, I came to i came along to the first ever training t- i think it was the first sort of official training session that the club held um so i'd never literally hadn't heard of it i'd never done any kind of sort of aussie rules kind of sports i played a bit of rugby like a lot of people i'd played a bit of soccer as well so you know i'd, I'd done some team sports but I'd, I'd never heard of this game before and then i just my mate he he was the president of the club at the time, and he said, "I'll oh, just come along." And then he actually he said to me, "Oh, I played for um, I played for Scotland last summer," and I was like, "What? Like that's bizarre because it just it, it seems like it would be like a, a really high level." And he, and he was like, "No, no, I did." And he showed me showed me photos and stuff, and uh, I was just like, "Well, you know what? I could probably do that." And uh, so I went down and sort of joined in for the training, and then that so that was probably like January of of that year, and then towards the that that was the year that the Euro Cup was in Cork in Ireland, and then I, I did I ended up going to Cork and playing for Scotland, which I thought was you know I was just hooked basically. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you who you follow in the AFL, but myself being a fairly big uh, fan of the world game, football or soccer, as most people tell me to call it, who do you support? As in your like as in Scotland and your main club around the world, which actually I'd think would be in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's only only the one club, uh, it's Glasgow Rangers. That's that's my team. Um, you know, so not not been the the best the last the best few years for us, but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back. All right. Um, now I need a follow up question to that. Have you been to an old firm derby? No, nah, I haven't been to one. No, I've you know usually so watch it in the pub, start drinking it about six in the morning, and <laughs> see how you get on. <laughs> So my yeah. co-host actually doesn't know much about the game, but Rifty, the, uh, to go to an old firm derby is on my bucket list. That's how big a deal it is. You sit there and watch a game live on TV and you don't understand how the ref ain't pulling out more cards than what he does. Because <laughs> if he did, there would be many players. <laughs> exactly right. The extent of my soccer knowledge comes from uh, Green Street Hooligans. So <laughs> is, is that sort of on the, what you're talking about or...? Yeah, um, that's exactly what I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> <That guy. laughs> Absolutely. Bloody journalist. 
Uh, oh. we, um, I managed to. Get, it's, it's really hard to get tickets for, for the old firm, and uh, I, a couple, last year I think it was I managed to go to a Barcelona Real Madrid game. So probably the two biggest clubs in the world, and it was easier to get tickets for that than it was for an old firm game. Oh, so uh, yeah, it's the, that, that's the kind of it's like gold dust. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a docker on Netflix. I think Rifty. I know you're not a big fan, mate, but give it a watch and you'll get an appreciation for the game. But um, all right. Who do you follow in the AFL? Uh, so, like I said, I, before I started, I'd, ne- I'd literally never heard of the game. Um, so we got all this kind of Eagles kit um, sent over. We had a lot of strips and things like that, so I could only really... And then I ended up watching a lot of the Eagles games and stuff that year, trying to learn a bit more about it. So that, And then they ended up winning the flag. So, um, yeah, they're, uh, I would say they're my team. Was a, chose a good year to jump on the Eagles, yeah. then. Yeah. And no, also, it's not like it was planned. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, their time zone, I reckon, like three hours behind us would probably work better for you guys as well, like on a Saturday or Sunday, giving it a watch. Well, they play in Melbourne so much, it doesn't really matter. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it, does, it does work out uh, not, not too bad. So I think some of the games can be on at like four in the morning, which I, w- I wouldn't bother getting up for that. But a lot of them are on at kind of seven, eight o'clock in the morning, which is more... More of my time. Imagine that for a while to start your day, Rifty. You just jump up, have a shower, have your coffee and your breakfast, and you're sitting there watching your team play. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like us when we're trying to get up and watch a you know, NFL game or a soccer or whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah. The one downfall about starting your day watching your team is they get beaten. Day's ruined from the start. Yeah. You're flat. flat <laughs> you're flat all <laughs> Quite, but last year, anyway, what happened quite a lot was they would have a game and then we would have a game. So, you know, you could get over it by just like, <laughs> all right, I need to go play the game now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, have you guys, do you guys do anything special for the AFL grand final at all? Now that uh, you yeah, yeah. So got into it? Now that we're going. Yeah, so we do. Um, I think part of the thing that we try and do is, as a club is kind of, most people don't really know much about Aussie rules, so we, we try and sort of encourage them to watch things and try and encourage them to sort of, you know, um, watching these, these grand finals and things like that. So two years ago for the grand final, we uh, just basically hired, hired out the, the rugby club and uh, we, we sat in there and then did the, the famous pub crawl back to the train station. Um, and then last year for the grand final, we, uh, we, caught, we arranged our footy trip around it. So we were in Prague uh, when it was on. So the way that it worked, we we did the we played the game against the boys from Prague, um, the Dragons, um, and then they kind of hosted an after party, um, which was class. Like they were, uh, you know, they were really good hosts, the guys from the Dragons. So it's definitely worth a trip to Prague if you if you get the chance. Um, so they uh, yeah they hosted us this after party for us, and they played a, a replay of the grand final. So it, it'd been on it like half five in the morning or something, which we, we were actually still in the pub when it was on. <laughs> <laughs> and then we played. <laughs> then we played this uh, some semblance of a footy game. <laughs> tried to. Um, and uh, then we just got back on the beers. Um, we did. Right. We, I think we won, we won the boat race. So that was the, that was the main thing. There's a few blokes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. There's a few blokes. So watched, you, I reckon they'd be more than happy to go uh, play in Prague, I reckon. Mate, uh, we might lose some players <laughs> that we want to head overseas right, yeah. with that kind of uh, get up, you know, leaving the pub and going to play footy. I think 
few of our boys would love to be doing that. That they spend a lot of their younger days being looked down upon for doing that, and then we find out in Scotland, it's you know, it's all good to go. Good to, um, it's no, we, we had to get the tram. We got we got a tram from our Airbnb to the like the Prague Dragons home ground, and uh, it just so happened we we met their coach on the. We'd actually met him a couple of times before, but um, we we met him on the tram, and uh, he's just looking at. I could tell he was looking at us like. What have you done? <laughs> Bloody Scots. <laughs> <what I> do. <laughs> I love it. Uh, to be fair, at times in that game, I was thinking, what have I done? So, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah it's one thing I could never never do was play a hungover. No, but I can't even drink, so... <laughs> Actually, it's one of a couple of connections there. So, every year, I have the grand final big party at my house. Um, President Rifty... Just trotted along last September, and I'm pretty sure you took home pretty much every single cent that was in the sweeps, Rifty. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys get into the sort of betting side of things over there, but we do a little, just a little friendly, you know, everyone chucks in $2 and you, you get to pick a name out of the hat for the sweep, so you get a yeah. uh, first goal kicker for the, each half and a, um, and then the Norm Smith medalist, and I just happen to get... Uh, First goal kicker for each half and the Norm Smith medalist. So uh, absolutely cleaned up. <laughs> and he decided that that was going to be the day he was going to have a drink. And there's yep. a pretty good photo circulating around of President Rifty with his presentation <laughs> moustache going in the excitement on his face. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> the first drink in over 10 years and, uh, and the last for another 10 probably. Thanks. But... <laughs> <laughs> And um, so obviously we've uh, basically started this podcast to sort of stay connected with uh, our players and our supporters and, you know, do stuff for our sponsors and stuff. How are you guys sort of staying connected through the lockdown and as a club? Yeah, yeah so we, we built up, we, and fortunately I think probably a lot of people, we, we built up a lot of momentum, you know, prior to the, the lockdown and we just announced that we got our kit sponsor uh for the girls so we got a specific girls kit which i think we're the first team in, in scotland to do um we got a company called Grangemouth tanker services who are kind of related to sort of the oil industry and things like that that sponsored kit for us um we won the ash palmer trophy the girls had won the leprechaun cup so we were really like flying basically and then we got we got hit with this lockdown so it was a huge sort of dampener on the, the spirits of the club but what we've sort of tried to do is keep up um Sort of challenges on our Strava group, uh, trying to keep people running and things like that. Um, we've tried to set kind of just taking like daft videos of each other and trying to post them on social media, stuff like that, to get people a laugh. Um, which obviously how you guys heard about us as well through that Instagram. Um, so then things like uh, we do a kind of week, well, tonight, tonight we're doing a, a Zoom video conference quiz. So I've hosted it the last couple of weeks, but someone else has taken the, the hosting duties off me this week. So it must have been that bad. Uh, <laughs> either that, or they just couldn't. They, either that, or they just thought the questions were too hard, and they weren't. Oh, we did it. I tried, tried to do it in a way that we didn't have any kind of trivia. So I was going through blogs, uh, social media, and stuff like that, pulling up old profile pictures and being like, "Work out who this is," and pulling out. Old Facebook statuses and be like, oh, who, who wrote this? So I'm like going to take the guess that the bloke that's now hosting it was the one that caught the most uh, flack over his posts? No, no, <laughs> no, he can't work his computer. 
picked a very safe tag for that one. Yeah, it was a good laugh. It gave everyone a bit of a, you know, a bit of a boost. So we did like, did stupid things on it. Like um, the, the first round was a scavenger hunt. So we would say like, oh, you have to find, you know, a hat to put it on or like a pair of glasses or something. And then so obviously because it's Zoom, you can see what people are doing. You can see them sort of panicking, running around their houses looking for these obscure items <laughs> that come out of the depths of my brain. So yeah, just, just things like that. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good laugh. Yeah. Might so. need to have a chat to him afterwards, Rifty, because we are trying to work out how to do a <laughs> bit of a Zoom quiz trivia night thing. Yeah, it was, uh, I think a lot of clubs have been doing similar things, and it's it's great to yeah. use the technology we have at our hands to to stay uh, connected to our our club and especially you know our members. Um, Definitely, yeah. But you, speaking of sort of the technology side of things, how would guys, uh, you know, find you online? And we'll, uh, we'll obviously put up some details for you guys. But uh, if, you know, people want to follow along the journey of West Lothian, how do we go doing that? Yeah, so we're on all the sort of major social media platforms. Our Facebook's definitely the one that we're the most sort of up to date on. Uh, we've got Twitter, Instagram, um, and don't, I think we got rid of our website this year, but we've got, you know, if you Google West of the Eagles, you'll, uh, you'll, we'll, we'll come up. Yeah. Nice. So we'll, we'll definitely uh, share some links to the uh, socials for you guys and uh, hopefully exactly. gain some followers and they can follow along the journey of uh, West Lothian as you, you hopefully get back to playing some footy this year and, and, you know, even maybe make some finals. Yeah, hopefully. I think that's the that's definitely what we're aiming for anyway, to try and get that. Should be attainable, we hope, getting a top four spot in the, the six-team league. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how we go. Um, I think that's the, the main thing. And obviously, we always appreciate the support from over in Australia from guys like yourselves. And uh, obviously, the West Coast Eagles that I've mentioned, they've supported us through it all. And um, there's another guy as well. Has a, he runs a page called Footy Trigger. Um, and he... He sent us over some kit last year, so just give him a, a quick shout out as well when we're, we're talking about social media. Because yep. obviously it's a huge deal for us to get any kind of Sharon's or anything like that. So it's, you know, for, for him to have sent these over to Scotland, that's a huge deal. So, you know, if you're looking for a, give him a follow if you can as well on Footy Trigger. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get, get all the details off you, the, yeah. off and yeah, we'll put all that up. Um, got anything else you want to add, Ed Dog? I just want to give a massive thanks to you, Jamie, for joining us on our first episode of going around the globe and talking to uh, how clubs are run and how footy in the countries are run. Um, I have spoken to your social media coordinator and we're going to send across a coverage jumper for you guys. That way, a bit of a a thank you for joining us and everything like that. Thanks very much, guys. um, That'd be great, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. We yeah. might even we might even uh, slip in a share in there for you since uh, just don't go kicking in any rivers. <laughs> since, I the, right. since I gave you the stop story, <laughs> <laughs> he played as well. Got, he played as well. I've got this yeah. right. I've got this new one here that I bought a week before lockdown, and I've not been able to kick it. Still, so, <laughs> sitting with a new yeah. share in my house that I'm looking at, and I can't. And the the missus is saying, "Hey, stop kicking it around in house." <laughs> Only a few times. I've not broken anything yet, so I think as long as I don't. <laughs> She's, she's all right. But, yeah. 
Mate, thank you so much for joining us. Um, obviously, we've said at the start that I just I'd be just past nine o'clock your time morning. Uh, we're going to go and I'm going to go have a couple more beers, and unfortunately, you're going to need to go to work. <laughs> yeah, well, my work is literally on the other, the other side of the laptop today, so I'm not working <laughs> during lockdown. So That's a decent commute to work. Oh yeah, a long one, but yeah. But no, get th- the, thank get you. The for the after it. Yeah. <laughs> No, but thank you very much for joining us, mate. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks. Cheers, thanks a lot for your time and uh, enjoy your day at work. Um, and, yeah, we'll keep in contact. And hopefully, like I said, we, we're seeing posts of you guys playing some good footy and making finals. And, we'll be uh, cheering you on from the, from the Cobra Pit. Yeah, if you, if you do make a granny, we'll definitely have to jump back on and, and get a – even after <laughs> yeah, the season, we yeah. might have to jump back on and get a – a wrap up of your season once, uh, once yeah, yeah, games under. I just want to point out, Rifty, that um, from the sounds of it, you probably need to wait a good break three to four weeks after the grand final if they win it to get him on. <laughs> yeah, I think the, uh, the, the, the Amsterdam trips probably is meant to be the week after the grand final, so uh, oh. yeah, probably not, probably not that week. Let's give him eight weeks. Yeah. yeah, I'm not we'll, doing a, I'm not doing a like we'll catch you in December then, eh? When it's a smoke settled <laughs> yeah. in 2021. Once everyone's yeah. been released from Amsterdam, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you then. <laughs> yeah, perfect. No worries. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for joining us. I uh, hope you've enjoyed learning a bit about West Lothian. Um, and, yeah, thanks again, Jamie. Cheers, guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Cobra Cast with the present VP. Uh, what do we got coming up next, that dog? We've got an episode coming out Thursday night. We're joined by a very special guest, Todd Morgan. He's a Victorian program coordinator and national trainer for Outside the Locker Room. Outside the Locker Room is an organization that focuses on mental health, in particular mental health within sports clubs. So we're looking forward to having a chat with him. Um, you can head to otlr.org.au. We'd like to find out some more about them or tips on mental health and everything like that. Or if you need someone to speak to right away, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 11. And you know, we all know where people are struggling through this current lockdown period. So make sure you look after your mates. Yeah. And unfortunately, there was a, a tragedy on our roads recently where four police officers lost their lives due to a road accident. Our condol- on behalf of Sandown, my condolences go out to all the family, friends and fellow police officers that are affected by that tragedy. Uh, our thoughts are with all of them. Um, as we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign because zero is the only acceptable number. So once again, thank you for joining us on the Cobracast's first edition of Around the Globe. Um, And we look forward to seeing you Thursday night with Todd Morgan from Outside the Locker Room.